Hello, and welcome back to the People Analytics Podcast. As always, I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I would like to welcome my friend to the show today, Michelle Green, who is the Head of Human Resources and Talent Acquisition at DesignPoint. Hello, Michelle. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. I love that painting you have in the background. I, there's got to be a story to that. Uh, yes, there is, actually. I um, took this picture off of my balcony in St. Thomas on a vacation that my husband had won through a sales incentive competition at his company. And I thought it's such a beautiful picture. I should just make a canvas out of it and uh, share it with all my interviewees because I do a lot of video interviews here in my office. And I thought, why not have them look at a beautiful landscape and tell them to make today ridiculously amazing. So it makes That's me awesome. happy too to look at. I can focus on that instead of looking at my face in the middle of the video <laughs> as well. So I was gonna say it makes me happy too. So thanks for sharing <laughs> it with me. And for those that are listening to the audio version of the show, it's a lovely picture of a beach landscape. So check it out on the YouTube channel. You'll find it there. But thank you, Michelle, for being here. If you could give us a little bit more background about yourself and how you became the head of uh, human resources and talent acquisition at Design Point. Sure. So I've had a long career. My, my whole um, career has been in HR and has almost always been a one-person HR department. Um, so I've been an HR manager in the hospitality industry. I started actually in publishing before that. Um, I worked in uh, software with Siemens Energy and Automation. And then I went into aerospace with two companies, STSI and Smith Industry. And then I was fortunate enough to be referred to this wonderful company that now I'll be at nine years, believe it or not, next month. Um, so I love it. It's, it's a great opportunity. I'm still a one-person department. So I like having my hands in a little bit of everything HR. And pretty much I think that was the full job description that my boss gave me when I interviewed for the position. It was all things HR. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And congratulations on the milestone. Very impressive stuff. Thank you. Yeah. So, and for our listeners and myself as well, too, please uh, let us know a little bit more about Design Point. What is Design Point? Absolutely. Yeah. So, Design Point's been around for over 20 years. We have offices in uh, Clark, New Jersey, Philadelphia, PA, Lancaster, PA. We're in Massachusetts, but we primarily, I would say most of our companies uh, that we support our customers are Northeast area. So we've got, uh, of course, PA, New Jersey, um, Massachusetts, uh, Delaware, you know, those kind of areas we support. But we sell 3D design software called SolidWorks and also 3D printers and uh, solutions and our partners for those products are Mark Forged and Big Rep. And we're a value-added reseller, which means we don't just sell the products and we're kind of done. We, we do full service for our customers. So we kind of like to think of our customers as, um, you know, an extension of us, or they think of us rather as an extension of them. Um, and, you know, we provide training, we provide technical support, Sometimes we do design on demand work for customers that need us to pitch in when uh, they're a little you know, busy and things like that. So 
It's great. We've had a lot of fantastic growth over the past couple of years. Last year was extremely significant growth. I think I hired 21 people um, and wow. that, that was crazy compared to what we had been doing in prior years. So we're about 45, 46 people strong right now and we've got a really great thing going. I mean, it's just a wonderful environment, a, a great culture and people that really love what they do and love each other. So, you know, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Definitely the most fun job I've had anyway. That's excellent. Music to my ears. And I'm familiar with the products that you mentioned, especially SolidWorks, taking me back to my engineering days. Nice. Geeking out using uh, cool toys back in the day. So that's yep. fantastic. Keep Pretty doing awesome. excellent work, of course. And what another thing you had mentioned, which is near and dear to what we do here, of course, uh, our People Analytics podcast being the complement of our uh, People Analytics business staff geek, when you mentioned your culture. So you're referring to your culture and your culture of your organization, how it's special, how it's unique, um, and how you've been hiring and hiring relatively aggressively. The company's been growing, which is exciting. And in some of our conversations, we've talked about how you have built a process internally for hiring around your culture fit uh, and protecting that and making sure that it grows and remains healthy. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, how does your process work in that area? What's unique about your culture? Talk a little bit to us about that, please. Sure. Yeah, I would say, Sean, our culture is by far the number one thing that we recruit for. Um, so a couple years ago, probably, I don't know, maybe six years ago or so, we created our core values and we call them our design point DNA. And there's three main points to it. It's caring and selfless, autonomy with accountability and massively impactful. And we focus so much on those three things throughout the entire interview process to the point where towards the end of the uh, whole process of interviews, a couple interviews in, if you will, uh, we do ask our, our candidates to do a writing sample based on those three core values and how they exemplify those values in their own lives. And, you know, they provide some examples about it and how they can see themselves really thriving here at Design Point. Because, you know, we do hire very, very smart people who are very adaptive and, and just real go-getters. Um, even our engineers, we, we say, you know, we only hire social engineers um, because the nature of their job, they're in front of customers all the time, whether it be in training or they're on the phone with them with tech support or, um, you know, whatever it might be. They're out there in a, in a pre-sales meeting, for example. But it is so important to us that we're putting not only the right people on our team that are going to be in the right seats on our, we call it a Viking ship right now, because, you know, we're, we're just killing it. Um, but also that they're a good cultural fit, because that way we know everybody's going to get along really well. They have the same mindset when it comes to work ethic, passion for their job is really important. Um, the people who work here truly, truly feel like they're doing a job that they love, that they want to come to work every day and do, not just that it's a job. And if at any point throughout the interview process, we feel like someone doesn't really get that, um, you know, they're, they're not going to go any further in the process. So 
Yeah, for sure. Cultural fit is a big thing for us. Um, and it's, it's big in how we do everything we do every day. Um, so I would say, you know, that that's the most important thing when we hire people. That's fascinating. And I love the fact that you have incorporated it as your DNA and that's how you've referred to it. Absolutely. I'm curious to learn more about how did you come up with that criteria? So I would say that the two owners, John Chaffee and Fran Lairdison, um, and myself, we had tons of brainstorming um, sessions about it. And we definitely sought some feedback from our key, you know, team members that were here at the time. We were much smaller back then. Um, so we, you know, we bounced feedback off of them. Uh, and we kept revising it until we, we finally came up with, you know, about a paragraph on, on each of the three different things and, and what they mean. Of course, we made posters for the office that look like a strand of DNA with, you know, the, the three um, core values there as well. And another thing we started doing is we added it to our annual performance reviews. So we were constantly talking about it. And over the years, you know, we started doing more one-on-ones as far as uh, quarterly conversations, things like that, um, that we're employing now. And we're still focusing on, you know, what's going right right now or what maybe isn't going right right now. Um, but when we focus on their accomplishments, um, and what they're really happy about, we always tie it back to the culture. You know, how, how uh, did that have an impact on the company on the whole, you know, and tying it back. And, and you know, so, so it's constantly brought up every day here. Um, and it's just literally part of who we are. It's part of our nature um, to, to think the way we do now in, in those terms specifically. Very cool. I love it. And I want to hear more as well about something you mentioned, which was kind of measuring culture fit from the perspective of candidates that you may be looking to hire. How does that process work? How do you measure whether or not a candidate is going to be the right fit for your company's culture? Yeah, that's a good question. It's definitely challenging. Um, there's no easy, you know, check mark, if you will, of whether they, they employ these core values naturally in their own lives. But it's a lot of um, behavioral interviewing, a lot of open-ended questions, a lot of tell me a story when, you know, or um, putting them in a certain situation and acting how they, or asking rather, how they would, uh, you know, adapt in that situation and walk us through the different steps they would take. So we're really inferring and, and listening for those, those cues of were they autonomous or were they just doing that project, which is a great project because their boss told them to do it. Who came up with that idea? You know, that's where we hear the autonomy. Um, a lot of times, unfortunately, in an interview, the lack of accountability comes out in some of the stories that candidates talk about. You know, you're hearing the blame game. I don't ever hear the blame game working here ever. I mean, literally, and I know it, it's hard coming from HR, right? Because I'm HR, of course, I want to think everybody's great, but um, I, I truly mean it in my heart of hearts. Like people take accountability for the littlest things and always just want to do better and do more. I mean, that's, 
that's also our tagline, more is possible. So even when we achieve, we're always like, what's next? What can we do next, right? So we're looking for those same um, types of mindsets in our candidates. Uh, we wanna hear stories like that where they knew something just wasn't working right and they said, hey, let's investigate this further or I'd like to head up a project to make this better. And, you know, how they went about that, you know, who they involved, what their thinking was, what kind of research did they do? Because a lot of times, you know, in a small company like ours, everybody's busy. So in a case of tech support, our, our engineers might not know every single question that they might be faced with on a tech support call. But if everybody's on a call at that exact moment, it's not like they can say, hold on, let me go ask somebody every question, right? I'm not saying they don't collaborate here and there, of course they do, but do they have other ways to figure that out? Can they research it a little bit online um, and try to figure it out? Is it possible to type in a quick little IM to a colleague and say, hey, did you ever see this situation before? Um, you know, just just ways for them to be versatile and um, be able to figure things out for themselves. Obviously, we also wanna see people being caring and selfless because our entire company and our success is based on our customers being 100% satisfied or hopefully 110% satisfied. We wanna exceed those expectations. And we're really proud of that. We do a great job at that as well. We've been always since uh, SolidWorks Corporate has, has uh, done an award ceremony for um, number one in customer satisfaction. We've always been in the top five, if not number one. Um, and I believe we're still the only company that most recently, a couple years ago, had two years in a row where we were number one in customer satisfaction out of all the North American bars. Um, and so that's pretty impressive and we don't take that lightly. Um, in fact, as soon as we received that um, acknowledgement of that award, we were at a company quarterly meeting all together in our Philadelphia office when our, um, the partners of Design Point announced it and you know we celebrated, I think we popped some champagne, they gave us some sort of cool gift. Um, and then we went right to work after lunch, brainstorming what more can we do for our customers? You know, we hit number one in customer satisfaction two years in a row. And all the, you know, right away we're saying, what more can we do for our customers? So that's the mindset that we want our, our candidates to be in as well, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah, it's all about. Now that we're there, right? What can we do to stay there and even get better, right? It's not more it's as a, possible, it's right? Right. And I also like the examples you gave as far as evaluating culture fit based on situations and storytelling and past behavior, right? So when this candidate was in this situation, did they embody the values that are so important to our culture here? And you Absolutely. can look at that in those experiences that they were in and you can compare that against the values that you've set, which are part of your key DNA. Um, Absolutely. And of course, yep. past behavior is a much better predictor of what someone may do in the future, as opposed to just asking about what would you do in this situation? It's easy to come up with 
uh, different situation than you may have actually handled it in the past. So I think that's an excellent way to do it. So now I want to talk about something we were talking about before with regard to, obviously we're still in the midst of the pandemic. A lot of companies are restricted as far as what they can do, including people going into the office. So teams are still remote, so on and so forth. But you have come up with some really creative uh, processes that your team has been following to ensure that everybody stays engaged and in fact can even get a little bit closer during this time. So making the best of this opportunity or finding the opportunity in the midst of this adversity. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what you have done and how it works so that other people can learn from it as well too. And what I remember because you came up with great thematic names for it that you shared with me before was Fun Fridays and Wellness Wednesdays. So tell me more about this and how it works. Sure. Yeah, so so right away, Sean, um, I think one of the biggest concerns for us was how is this going to work with everyone remote? Um, there's, there's a couple of us, myself personally, I've always been working remotely just because I'm, I'm at best an hour and a half away from the closest office to me. Um, so there's not a lot of people that work remotely. In fact, we've always encouraged people to work in the office because we thought that that was key to our culture. So immediately when this pandemic hit and, you know, we were encouraging people to work from home, even before, you know, our stay at home orders started, um, we were like, what are we going to do to make sure that everyone still feels as connected as they do now? So we immediately started right away with, with some of the easier and, and, smaller things like Thirsty Thursday, right? Getting together for a virtual happy hour on Zoom, which I'm sure by now probably most of the companies are doing. Um, but then they also, uh, our management team started meeting once a day at like four o'clock and just sharing, you know, what happened that day, concerns, um, questions, customer feedback, uh, hey, we didn't think about this. How are we going to do that? You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so once a day, we had someone do a video and they shared it with the whole team. And it was kind of just updates, updates about from every department. Um, but it was just one person doing it. And then after a few weeks, we expanded and we started having one person from each department on certain days talk about their department, but they would still give shout outs to other departments if something significant happened that day. So immediately we're still feeling very connected at the very least with that video to kind of sum up each day. Um, of course, we're doing what everybody else is doing, virtual meetings. So for somebody like me who already worked in a home office, um, you know, this was, this was pretty exciting because I'm not used to having as much interaction with, with everybody as I was afforded to do now, right? So that, that was definitely a silver lining and I'm not the only one that works remotely. So we're all like, yeah, can we keep this going even when you guys go back to the office? Um, but then we started something else we call, well, uh, uh, we call take a break, sorry. And it's uh, all about wellness. We were like, what else can we do for wellness? Because the first couple weeks, everybody's just settling in, trying to get used to the remote, remote stuff. Um, but then it kind of hit everybody like, hey, this isn't like, we're not going to be back in the office in two, three weeks. 
Um, everybody's stressing now, you know, people who have kids, they're doing the homeschooling type of situation on Zoom and all that. So stress started, you know, with everybody, I think to some degree, stress started creeping in a little bit more. So we looked at some ideas for what more can we do to ensure wellness of our people. Um, so I've gotten a, I've done a lot of webinars through this, a lot of webinars through this, not just on the COVID stuff, but also a lot of wellness stuff, which has been great. So sharing um, webinars about uh, being resilient and how, how to deal with stress during COVID-19, things like that. So I started sharing a little bit about that. And then in talking with the rest of our management team were like, yeah, let's expand on doing more things like that. And we've come up with this take a break thing that we're doing. So it initially started Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and we had motivational Mondays, which were 9 a.m. And we thought we should do something energizing to kick our week off. And all of these are done through Zoom and it's voluntary. So if you're, you're tied up in a meeting or whatever, you don't have to come. Um, or if you knew what the topic was and you weren't into it, like uh, somebody did an energizing TikTok coffee and maybe you weren't into coffee, so maybe you didn't go, um, but it's still entertaining to, to, to show up anyway, even if you know you're not gonna drink the coffee. Um, so we did energizing Mondays. Um, besides some of those things, yeah, we had energizing uh, drinks. We had someone talk about what they did to lose weight, um, different, different, activities that they changed in their lifestyle and um, apps that they used to track, um, you know, different exercising uh, uh, apps that people were using. They were some of the topics that we did on Mondays. Then we had Wellness Wednesdays, and that was supposed to be a relaxing or calming activity. So we did different things like um, we took a gratitude break. So we would say, you know, I'm thankful for whatever. Um, I started doing this. I did like a, a 30 day um, like exercise with some friends on social media regarding this. And I chose to do a gratitude, gratitude journal every day. And I thought that would be a good opportunity for people. Like when you first wake up in the morning and even if you're, kind of down about not being able to go into the office or an, another day that feels like Groundhog Day, right? You can focus on the positive. And for me, I have a daughter that's going off to college and I, we live in PA and she'll be in Florida in the fall. So, you know, a big, over, uh, a, a big theme, I guess, for me during this time is that I'm appreciating the time that I have with her because I know this was her senior year. I know she would have been out and about like crazy. And now I get more time with her and we get more time as a, as a whole family. So that's a great example of a gratitude break. So we kind of went around and everybody said what they were um, thankful for. Um, we've done different things like positive affirmations. Um, which also was, was great. And uh, most recently we did a beat boredom brainstorming activity because we were about to go into the long weekend where everybody is still on stay at home orders in PA and New Jersey. And so we came up a, uh, with a list of ideas of things that everybody could perhaps try, 
uh, with their families or whatever over the long weekend. So that was good. And then we had fun Fridays, which you mentioned. And ironically, they always seem to be the highest attended uh, <laughs> events. They were also held at 4.30 on a Friday. So we treated it a little bit like the happy hour, but we also had a fun activity. So we did a lot of fun type of games like uh, two truths and a lie. So you would say two true things about yourself and one lie, and we would all have to guess what it was. We've done things like um, we've submitted something that most people don't know about me to the person that was hosting, and they read it out, and people would guess what it was. We learned a lot of very interesting, <laughs> entertaining, funny things um, in games like that. So, so that was a lot of fun. We did some design point trivia, things like that. So that was all great and well. Then we started even adding on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we have a wheel that we spin with, uh, sometimes we use it with names on. We did that for a game that we played uh, last Friday where they asked one question, like if you had a dinner party with four people, who would it be? You know, things like that. Um, but they also started spinning this wheel and it would, um, at the Friday, uh, not Friday, at the everyday four o'clock management meetings, and it would land on like, pick a color for everyone to wear tomorrow or a sports team for everyone to wear tomorrow or write your own haiku or create your own meme. And so through the night and or the next, throughout the next day, everybody would just submit their answers to whatever that daily challenge was um, via email. And it just, you know, is another good little way to add some humor, to break up the day, you know, that type of thing. So, but it's interesting. We, we found that we may have been doing a little bit too much <laughs> in regards to all these fun activities and wellness activities. So we took a step back, we did a survey and we said, okay, you know, here's all the things we're doing. What are you participating in? What do you love? What's your feedback? You know, and so the Monday morning, 9 a.m., we were finding not everybody was coming to. That was probably the least attended event. Um, and I think the timing was a little tough. So we took that out. We also found that apparently our energetic design pointers are not really into the relaxation, calming side of things. So that was the one that was hardest to get people to volunteer for. So we said, you know what? You can do whatever wellness activity you want on any of these days now. So we kind of opened it up, made it a little more broad, and we're doing our fun Fridays on alternate weeks that we have our Thirsty Thursdays. So it's not like three days in a row of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, so we've cut down a little bit, but we're still so involved with each other. And, you know, through all these Zoom calls, especially these fun ones, you know, you'll see people's puppy or their cat or their kids will pop in and be like, hi, you know, and you get to see people's houses and kind of how they're living. And uh, especially on the Thursdays or Fridays, they're going in their sunroom or on their deck or outside. So you're seeing where, where they like to unwind too, which is kind of cool. So it's been really great, honestly. That's really neat. And you're making me want to work at Design Point, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. So awesome, awesome. <laughs> experience yeah. all this cool stuff. But yeah, I think it's a, a lot of fun. Way, especially now, right? Where, like you said, still on like stay at home orders, need a little bit more of a way to kind of break up the week because we don't, yeah. we're, 
all of our routines have been fairly disrupted, some in a much more significant way. But it sounds like you guys are doing a fantastic job of doing that. And at the same time, team gets to kind of interact with each other in some ways, probably even more than they were before and learning new things about one another. I definitely remember back from like the teams that I've been on and the ones in which that like gelled the best, we were doing things like this. We were, like you mentioned two truths and a lie. I remember that from a team I used to work on. We would do quizzos on Friday with like pizza. And uh, that was one of the things that we did during like a quizzo session, which was always a good time. And it, plenty of laughs, breaks up the week, gives us an opportunity to kind of get to know each other in different yeah. ways, which I think is yeah. awesome. There's another fun thing I forgot to mention that um, one of our team members in our Lancaster office, she just took it upon herself a while ago to do a fun as possible newsletter on Fridays for the weekend. And it had like ideas for fun things to do in their town over the weekend. Um, And then when we went into this quarantine, she said, you know what, maybe I'll come up with fun ideas to do at home and share with the whole company. So she started sharing that on her own. Another team member, we call them DPers, another DPer contributed um, by having like a workout um, activity in the newsletter. And then right around the same time, another team member um, came up with an idea for music is possible. And so he, he uh, has a survey kind of that you fill out. He, now he's been picking a theme and if you want to contribute a song for that theme, you can. And then a little blurb about why you picked that song. So I think last week it was um, songs to sing, sing out loud to or sing along to, you know. Nice. But it, it could be, it could be, you know, whatever the theme is. Um, so we have a playlist every weekend that you know we can listen to whatever activities we wind up doing for the weekend. But it's been fun. Um, in her newsletter, she did like a virtual roller coaster ride at Hershey Park. Um, different shows that are on, uh, or she mentioned the John Krasinski uh, podcast that he does, you know, different things like that, just to, to expand your horizons a little bit. Maybe you didn't know that was happening that weekend, or, you know, you, everybody's kind of itching for something new to do. So they, that's, that's something we look forward to getting every Friday as well. Excellent. Very cool stuff. Lots of great ideas for others to choose from as well. Also, I got full inspiration from the success you guys have had. Well, this has been fantastic, Michelle. Thank you so much for sharing all of your valuable insight with us. I have two questions for you before I let you go. And the first one is, what resources, if any, would you share with our audience? Um, Let's see. For wellness stuff, I've been, I think I mentioned, I've been relying a lot on webinars that I've participated in and then, and then shared with my team. Um, I would say for other companies, reach out to your healthcare providers if they haven't been connecting with you. I know I've been getting some good information, whether it's something to read or, like I said, a, a webinar. Um, if you have an EAP, an employee assistance program, I'm getting some some good wellness ideas from there as well. Um, but another resource that we use here, kind of separate from wellness, when, when we were talking back about culture and how we go about our uh, interview process and, and kind of how we run our company, we use this book. I actually have it over here. We use this book called um, Traction. 
And it's, it's basically how we set up our business and how we run our meetings and uh, different things like that. So that's a book that we present our team members with when they're hired and everybody reads it. And um, we have sessions where we talk about it, even with the owner of the company, he'll, he'll hold a, a session about traction. And he's also talking about our career development program called My Story with them at that meeting as well, which is all about developing your own uh, career based on your unique abilities and your passions. So just kind of growing in your career. But I would say Traction has been, you know, in the nine years I've been here, though we've read a couple books as, as a whole company or a team, I would say that's the one that we keep going back to and keep referring to. Uh, it talks about the quarterly meetings that we do, for example or the level 10 monthly meetings that we do. It's, it's really been a very effective way of running a business and focusing on metrics and KPIs and you know, uh, it's called rocks and uh, scorecards and things like that. So that book has, has been a tremendous success for us and how we've done business over the past, I don't even know how many years, it's been a while now. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing. I will link to those in the notes as well. Sure. And uh, last question I have for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Yeah, I'm available on LinkedIn. Um, and you can also email me if you're interested. So it's Michelle with two L's, green like the color. And Design Point is our company. So if you want to reach out uh, via our website, it's www.design-point.com probably best for you to email me directly if you have a question. Um, my email is mgreen at design-point.com. Excellent. Thank you for providing that, Michelle. I'll include um, links to the resources and the contact information in the show notes as well also. Sounds good. Thank, Thank you so much for being here and sharing your knowledge with both myself and the audience. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the People Analytics Podcast powered by StaffGeek. If you or anyone you know is a leader in human resources or talent acquisition and would be interested in being a guest on our show, please reach out to me at sean at staffgeek.com. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at staffgeek, S-T-A-F-F-G-E-E-K.com. We would love to share your valuable knowledge with our audience. At this point, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, StaffGeek. StaffGeek helps companies hire smarter by increasing retention and combating turnover, all while reducing time to hire. They do this by creating a customized behavioral assessment around your company's unique culture. Armed with your FitTech assessment, you're able to evaluate which candidates are the right fit for your company's culture. Start hiring smarter today with StaffGeek. If you'd like to learn more, reach out to StaffGeek at hello at staffgeek.com or visit them on the web at staffgeek.com.